Mark chapter 6 and starting at verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognised them and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. And they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing and he broke the loaves and he gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Good morning. <laughs> How are we? Good? It's good to be here. It's good to be able to share with you a few thoughts this morning on Jesus and miracles. Now, I'll just confess up front, there's a lot I don't fully understand or get when I read scripture. And so I'm not coming to you with this kind of, I have all the answers kind of authority today. I have some thoughts, probably good ones, or maybe good ones. <laughs> have some theories and some hunches. And, um, but it's important that you remember that what I bring today is only in part. And what you would bring today would add to that part and together I believe we have a greater picture of what God wants to say to us today. Have you ever prayed for a miracle? It's not rhetorical. Have you ever prayed for a miracle? Yeah. Have you ever wanted something from Jesus? I have many, many times. Um, from the small acts of help <laughs> to the bigger, spectacular acts of intervention. I've prayed, I've cried out, been seeking a miracle, wanting Jesus 
to do it again, to intervene, to make a way, to give me what I want. To be honest, though, um, most of the time, Jesus does something different. Gives me something that's not on my page. Or acts in a way that I don't really understand. Not all the time. But when I look back over my however many years of walking with Jesus, most of the time, he does something different. And I've wrestled with this a lot in my own faith journey. My own Jesus story. And so today we're talking about Jesus and miracles. That was the big idea that, thanks David, gave me. Why did Jesus perform miracles? Why did he do the miraculous? Are you curious? Some of you. And if you take out the birth and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus, I think there are 37 recorded spectacular miracles in the narrative of Jesus. From healing the sick, raising the dead, calming the storm, turning water into wine, one of my personal favourites, and feeding thousands of people. So for me, everything that Jesus did on earth has to align firstly with who he is. His character, his deity, his person. And secondly, I feel it has to align with his purpose, predominantly bringing in the kingdom of God in however many ways we can talk about that. And I believe we need to frame all of his miracles in light of those two things. Who Jesus is and why he came to earth. He, he, he performed miracles to proclaim and to point to the kingdom of God. And to reveal himself as the king of that kingdom. His beauty, his power, his nature, to reveal that to those who would see beyond the spectacular, which wasn't many. <laughs> what most people saw and got stuck on was the spectacular. And I believe that that kind of misses the point. Of the miraculous. And the story that Andrew read us in Mark 6 is a fairly well known story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 or 5,000 families or 5,000 men plus women and children, depending on you know, how you interpret that, but lots of people. And then later in that chapter, there's another miracle where Jesus walks on water out to his disciples. 
in the boat in the middle of the night and he does the whole calm the water thing again. So there's kind of a few little miracles all happening in this Mark chapter 6. And as I said, if, if I'm completely honest and I've been reading through this text now for a few weeks and praying, you know, God, what is it that you want to say? What's your big idea? What's, what? Why? <laughs> why did you feed 5,000 people that day? I'm not 100% sure why he did it, if I'm honest. The disciples certainly didn't get why he did it. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of people don't really understand what it is that Jesus was doing in that moment, today, 2,000 years later. What I do know, as I said, is that I believe that this miracle of feeding all of these people has to align with those two things of who Jesus is, revealing himself and proclaiming the kingdom. He performs this massive and spectacular miracle of multiplying five loaves of bread and two fish into enough to feed thousands and thousands of people with leftovers. Instantly. I mean, in abundance, like over and above what is needed. And so I I wrestle with this, right? Because, I mean, they were probably hungry, but they weren't dying. I mean, they weren't starving. They didn't need this miracle to survive. They probably weren't even followers of Jesus. They were following him for something. I'm pretty sure it wasn't food. They were curious. Seeking something. Maybe, yes, looking for a Messiah, a Savior, possibly. A miracle, a personal miracle. A healing. An answer, some hope. They were seeking and they were looking for something. And they had followed Jesus when he was trying to escape. Now, I'm not like Jesus I'm becoming more like Jesus but not there yet and I'm pretty sure if I was tired and worn out and wanted a break and went to a desolate place to get away from the crowds and they followed me there to the point where they were there before I got there I'm not sure I would have reacted the same way Jesus did I mean he was also grieving Read the the text earlier in Mark. John the Baptist had just been killed, had his head cut off. Jesus wanted to get away. He needed space. He needed rest. He needed quiet. But the crowd, as the text said, followed ahead and were waiting for him. He didn't get what he wanted. 
Interesting. Jesus did not get what he wanted. And yet, what's his response when he didn't get what he wanted? Compassion. This is always Jesus' response. Even in his grief, in his tiredness, even when he wanted some time alone, he responds with compassion. And his, his compassion wasn't related to the state of their stomach, but to the state of their soul. So why did Jesus then do this miracle? Why did he perform this miraculous miracle? It certainly wasn't because they needed a fish sandwich. I mean, he could have sent them home to eat. That's what the disciples wanted him to do. The disciples said, send them home. Send them to the villages so they can buy some food. But Jesus says to his disciples something pretty profound, I reckon. He says to them, you give them something to eat. I think this, for me, is the thing that has just been just going around and around and around in my head for the last three weeks. You give them something to eat. And I think there's a little bit of a principle of God's kingdom in this for us today. The miracle wasn't for the 5,000 plus people. They didn't need it. I mean, they got physically fed, but probably went home spiritually hungry. I believe the miracles for the disciples. He was teaching them something about who he was and what the kingdom is like. And so my big idea would be this. When you surrender what you have to Jesus and then act, do something, Jesus reveals himself and his kingdom. The story isn't about the miracle. The story is about surrender. It's about surrendering what we have and then stepping out of our comfort zone and letting Jesus do something spectacular by making himself and his kingdom known. The miracle is in the surrendering, not in the wanting. It's in the knowing who Jesus is, connecting with the king and his kingdom. 
And I think we miss this. I know I do. I know the disciples did. You know, later in Mark 6, after Jesus walks on the water and goes out to the disciples in the middle of the night and they're freaking out because they think he's a ghost and then, you know, he hops in the boat and calms the water. He says this, he says, They were completely and utterly overwhelmed and astonished because they failed to learn the lesson of the miracle of the loaves. And their hearts were unwilling to learn the lesson. They failed to learn the lesson of the miracle of the loaves. The disciples were always wanting something from Jesus, as we are, if we're honest. And I think that's why they missed the lesson of the loaves. They thought it was about the food. They thought it was about the spectacular. But it was not in the bigness of the 5,000 family meal deals. It was in the simplicity of the surrender. They wanted greatness and power and position and provision and popularity. They were wanting things from Jesus. And Jesus was seeking surrender. Sometimes I think when we're asking for a miracle, Jesus is saying, you go do it. That's much harder than God doing it for me. It would be much easier if when I prayed for God to act or to break through or to do what only he can do and he turns around and says, you go do it. Me? <laughs> I don't believe God always gives us what we want. He gives us what we need. He is always revealing himself and his kingdom through his miracles, through the miraculous, through the relationships that he has with us. You know, I was reminded of a story that Shrey Pike, who's the pastor of our Cambodia campus, was sharing one night about a family in their community that had this massive need and praying for a miracle that God would break through, that God would provide, that God would, you know, do only what God could do, the miracle that this family needed. And while she was praying, she felt God say to her, I want you to sell your motorbike and give the money to this family. 
Now, you know, for us that may not be such a big deal, but this was their only form of transport, was one moto for their family. And so she spoke to Panette, her husband, and they decided to sell their moto and give the money to this family that had great need. And to me, that's kind of like that idea of, yeah, we're praying for a miracle. We're praying for a miracle. God break through and God says, you go do it. You know, they believed, obviously, that God would look after them, that they're not going to be, you know, living on the streets. And in my head, I remember thinking, I know how this story is going to end. I've heard these stories before. You know, family sells moto to give to the poorer family and then the miracle happens and God provides them with a brand new moto that's even better. But that's not what happened. (laughs) God didn't do that. They went without a moto for months and months why they saved what they had so that they could buy another one. For me, again, this points to this idea of surrender. And when you hear Shrey Pike speak about this, she doesn't speak about it with this, oh, God didn't come through for me. You know, we did our part and God left us on the shelf. She speaks about it with this profound experience of God's presence and God's faithfulness and God's provisions and God's presence and being with her. It's not a reflection of, oh, well, God didn't do his thing. It's the opposite. There's this reflection of, wow, God did his thing. When you surrender what you have to Jesus and then act, Jesus reveals himself and the kingdom. The story is less about the miracle and more about surrender. About surrendering what we have, about stepping out of our comfort zone and letting Jesus do the spectacular by making himself and his kingdom known. I do believe with all of my heart that Jesus is our way maker, our miracle worker, our promise keeper. And my own journey is proof and evidence that that is who you are. And even when I can't see it, you're working. Because sometimes God moves miraculously by slaying the giants that are hurting or distracting or hindering us. But sometimes God moves miraculously by shifting our circumstances, by changing things and circumstances and situations that we find ourselves in. 
And sometimes God moves miraculously by strengthening us in the journey. Sometimes God moves miraculously by sending someone to us to be with us, to speak to us, to speak over us, to pray for us. Sometimes God moves miraculously by quietly standing or sitting with us where we are. They're all miraculous. They are all answers to prayer. They are all God moving. They are all God with us. And they are all about Jesus revealing himself and pointing to the kingdom. When Jesus fed the 5,000 families, I believe he did it to show the disciples something about himself and the kingdom. And I love how Jesus says to them when they say, let's send them off to buy some food. And Jesus says, no, you get them something to eat. And their first response is, we can't afford that. <laughs> it's going to cost us so many what denarios or whatever they are, Doritos. And Jesus says, don't just go and do it. Surrender what you have. Give me what's in your hand. And go and do it. That's the miracle of who Jesus is. So when I'm thinking about that in the context of your story, in the context of my story, what it is that you need today, the miracle that you need, the miracle that you want, is in the person of Jesus. And I believe that all that we need is in the person of Jesus and his kingdom. Does Jesus give us breakthrough? Absolutely. But that breakthrough might be in a person that comes and stands beside you. Does Jesus provide miracle provision? Absolutely. And I can tell you stories when God has done that miraculously outside my own understanding. But most of the time, he'll do it through someone else or you. You know, I believe that so often Jesus wants us to be the answer to our own prayer. Or at least part of the answer to our own prayer. And when we're praying for the sick or the needy or those that need a breakthrough, that God's going, go do it. <laughs> like he said to the disciples, you give them something to eat.
And maybe this tags well into our missions breakfast next week. As we think about what do we have and the miracle that we're looking for in some of these places where we partner with those who have nothing. And Jesus is saying, you do it. Surrender what's in your hand. Go and do it. And then I'll bring a miracle. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for the challenge and the encouragement of this text, of this story that we we know so well. I pray that you would reveal to us your heart behind it, what, what it is that you want to teach us and show us so that we would not be like the disciples who didn't learn the lesson of the miracle of the loaves. But our hearts would be open and that we would continue to walk in surrender. That we would continue to surrender ourselves, but all that we have. I pray for those who are praying for a miracle. Crying out even for a miracle. Of healing, maybe of salvation for someone they know. Of breakthrough, of provision. And I pray that in that, that the revelation in their heart would be of who you are to them in this moment. That you would reveal yourself, your love, your compassion, your presence. There would be a strengthening. That there would be a comfort. That there would be a greater desire to press in, in surrender. And that there would be a peace in that journey. Even if we don't get what we want. But you give us what we need, which is you. We thank you that your grace is enough, that your grace is sufficient, that the miracle of new life and life with you is a reality that we live out every day. 
And we are so grateful for your love for us, for who you are. And I pray that in the waiting and even in the wanting, that you would be revealed, that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand with me? Grant, you want to come up? You know, as I said, I believe with all my heart that Jesus is our way maker, our miracle worker. I believe he is a promise keeper. I also believe that he does a lot of that by being with us. His presence, himself being revealed. So as we sing this song as as closing this morning, my prayer is that God would continue to reveal His heart, His ways and His kingdom to you, His presence to you, that you would know He is with you wherever you're at, whatever you're looking for, whatever it is that you're seeking, Jesus is the answer, the King and the kingdom. Let's worship. Let's worship.